Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode Telling COVID Border Stories. I'm really excited to introduce you um, guys to um, some people again that I have just met, new friends on Facebook who've got a wild story because they are just at the end of their quarantine. So they've got a lot to tell us, but I would love to introduce to you Gary and Pedro. Welcome guys. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Renee. How are you, Renee? Hi, everybody. I'm Gary. I'm Pedro. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoy our story. Yeah, I think they're going to. So let's just start with where you're from because you've both got an accent. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm originally from Toronto, Canada, and I've been in Australia for over 35 years. Wow, you've still got such a strong accent. Yeah, it's, it's a hybrid accent now, but uh, yes, it seems I'm, uh, I, don't, I don't hear it, but some people do. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can. And Pedro, what about you? You've got the heavier yeah, accent. Um, <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm, I'm from Barcelona, Catalonia. You probably know guys as Spain, but I like to say Catalonia. So if you don't know it, some homework for you guys to find out what is Catalonia in the world. Yes, Pedro just gave me a good geography lesson, bit of a history lesson, which was amazing. <laughs> so look it up, guys. All right, guys, I don't even know where to begin with your story. It's wild and crazy. So you sold your home in Victoria and bought a home here in Queensland all on the 1st of September. So tell me about that. Right. The, the, I guess there's a, there's, a, there's a story behind the story. Uh, mm-hmm. So probably going back five months ago, uh, mm-hmm. a, good, a good friend of ours, somebody who I met when I first came from Canada, um, and uh, there were two gentlemen, Ken and Neville, uh, elderly gentlemen. They moved to Cairns and they retired here. Um, Ken fell sick and uh, developed cancer. Mm. And Penn and I, at five months ago, decided we'd go to Cairns and, and see if we could say goodbye. Say goodbye, that's right. So we got to Cairns. It, within two days, um, we said goodbye to Ken. He passed he away passed two days after we arrived. Um, his partner, Neville, is 91 and he's left alone. Oh. So, that was the inspiration for us moving to Cairns was to offer some support to him. Um, and then from that moment on, we decided we would make Cairns our, our inspired sort of um, change or to have a, a, a change to our daily lived experience, to have more purpose in our life and to enjoy, uh, I guess, being nurtured by nature um, and, and uh, enjoy sort of the moments that we have because yeah. we're, we're both getting older and we think it's it's um, it's time to live rather yeah. than to be locked down. And wait, why wait? You know, it was a bit, a bit of a wake-up call as well. Like we realized mm. the feeling, you know, going through that experience, life experience, that, you know, we we felt like we were like zombies and like, uh, like sleepwalkers. Mm. You know, this, through this COVID, you realize that you're going to work or home, go, you know, same routine that everyone goes through. And then maybe you use one month a year, a few weeks to indulge yourself and go to on, you know, on holidays. We thought, maybe why, why we should wait? 
you know, to do this in every day. So we decided to move to the holidays to support our friends and live in a holiday mode with quality of life and, you know, and, and just support someone that you love, you do many things in life and live, you know? With, so all those things come together and unfold very naturally initially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that that's so that's beautiful that you guys are going to go and be family to to Neville, which is amazing. Do do you guys know how hot it's going to be in Cairns? Are you prepared? We hear that. We hear that. We hear that. Yeah. But it's scary because I'm not very good with humidity. But is there another challenge? After all, we went through. That'll be nothing. That should be a laugh. <laughs> so when your house settled, both at the same day for both of them. Um, what happened, you, because that was right around the time that there was the border pause, did you um, apply to come here? Did you apply for a border pass? What happened? Yes, that was happened five days before, because all the logistics, you know, from moving, is not only the settlement date, it was the 1st of September for those houses, is all the, the process of selling your home, it's a big job, then purchasing a home, another big job, then the logistics, you know, just transferring your pets, cars, container, the full lot. So we were ready. We managed to process everything that we work on for months. And then five days before, this lovely lady, Anastasia Palachuki, I don't, sorry for my pronunciation for her, but <laughs> something like that. Um, so she decided to put a post on people they were relocating or put a post in the, in the quarantine. Five days before, without giving us any alternative, any path for us to keep pursuing what we started months before. It's, that's where I found it, the intrusion to our rights. You you make a decision. It's okay for whatever reasons you decide. I wasn't happy to do quarantine anyway, but you should give us an alternative for the people that are already on the move and transitioning. We should have a, an alternative when you in the power to make a decision. It's a big decision that's going to affect so many people's lives. Many of us, thousands of us. Mm. So she's such an incompetent individual because she thinks I'm protecting the Queenslanders because they're vulnerable. We Queenslanders too, you make us vulnerable. So to try to, to solve one issue, you create another and you, you keep thousands of citizens um, you know, in a vulnerable situation. And that's- yes, so true. She solved one problem to create another. Yeah, so you, you guys were really smart and decided that you would then try and get into the Northern Territory, right? Yes. Yeah, well, I, it was, we waited 10 days um, after applying on the 5th, which a lot of people will know, that was the day where uh, the new portal opened up. We applied at 8.59. Um, we heard nothing. We called every day like everybody else. Um, we got the same answers, which was no answer. It's not in our hands. It's in the police's hands. Um, so um, anyway, we had a friend who was also applying. He, um, he happened to get a call from... Queensland Health or from the police. Um, <clears throat> he got the number of the woman that he had spoken with. He passed on the number. We called her and then she granted us a border pass. So there was no in sequence order. There was no call to us. The only reason we actually got a border pass was because we called and asked for it. Yes. Who did you, who did you like the person that granted it to you was that another person in the police department or yeah it was, yeah, it was yeah. one of those people that would normally call oh, you an individual who yes. put in an application yeah so it's just random that you you got the part totally random totally and random and then what happened from there was that a pass to come straight here or northern territory no it was it was a uh, it was a pass to come to Cairns. Uh, 
Um, and then we had to coordinate flights and all of that. <clears throat> but at the same time, the regional, the area that we found um, refuge in, which was Torquay, was regional Victoria. So regional Victoria had come out of lockdown. Um, and because it had come out of lockdown, Northern Territory's view of regional Victoria was different to Queensland. So we thought, okay, well, maybe we could escape having to pay $5,000 hotel quarantine and go to Northern Territory, have a holiday for 14 days, and then fly directly into Queensland. We're not trying to break any rules. We're just trying to follow the rules the best way we can to suit ourselves. I mean, you know, this freedom of choice, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so we uh, so we um, we booked our tickets. We got a border pass to go to to Northern Territory. Um, we 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 um, we booked it on the fifteenth or sixteenth. Yep. And then we got to Northern Territory Darwin on the seventeenth. And in the time that we booked the ticket, and in the time that we got there, somebody had become COVID positive in Geelong. Um, it had become a hotspot in terms of how. Uh, Northern Territory viewed it, but not necessarily Victoria. So when we arrived, they uh, stopped after waiting two and a half hours, after a four hour flight, after waiting two and a half hours standing in a queue, they told us that we had to go back. They just paid you to tell the story. Yeah, well, they told us that's right. That we could, you know, we come from hotspot and there was our responsibility to check the North Territory website. They have an update. Constantly, apparently, if you're going to do that, you need to do it 24-7. My concern was, well, you guys, I'm just a citizen of this country. I come from Victoria, I come to North Territory, but we're Australians. So it's up to the states to communicate, communication flow for, for, you know, for one to let the other that is going to be called um, hotspot, and then Victoria can communicate to us. So it's up to you guys. Don't blame it on us. What's, what's going on? This disrespect you know, to, 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 to the citizens. You're not responsible over how you bad performance, as you know, as a, as a politician or, or a state or whatever. So we tried to fight it. We escalated. You know, trying to you know to to have an answer and find a solution. So when we were waiting there, uh, we contact um, what they said one of the border protection people after they put us some wristbands saying unapproved, unapproved parades around the airport like are we like leopards or something, you know? Where like the, a wristband, like you were criminals. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And the parade, you know, you have someone at the front and someone at the back walk escorting the group because we interest people, people apparently. Are looking at us and sort of staying away. It was terrible, terrible feeling. Yeah. So anyway, they escalated. This lady came down, an arrogant, an arrogant individual, and I was asking her very direct questions because she was, well, we're going to see if we can, you know, um, do something, but I can't ensure you. That arrogant, the, the body language, <coughs> like if she was in the army, and we were like... Um, scam that's the way pretty much they treat us and just reading uh or telling us in a script that she memorized because they, they don't listen as you as a human being they don't listen to your story at all they just read in the script it's like the wall to protect themselves and that's it and they don't let pass anything through it no emotions no empathy no nothing you're not a human being anymore you are part of the script it's like a robots the humanity has gone so far altogether so then a policeman that was part of the group his job is he comes to us to ask us some questions, to do some reporting. After the conversation with him, his words was, you guys got a case here. We have a duty of care. So we're trying to escalate this, see if you can guys, you know, stay 
in that um, what's it called Springs uh, Howard Springs. Yeah. For four days, if you can get a pass to get to Queensland, you can stay here. You go directly there into the quarantine. So these are void for us to go back to Victoria and wait there. So we managed to get this lady. They organized the pass for us to go to Queensland to move it forward two days. So she did. So after we had the pass to be able to get on two days earlier into Queensland, we, we, we told the story to these uh, borders officials and the police and the lady was not, no. We asked him to stay three days in quarantine there, only three days. Yeah. He was a passage, so we, empathy. We booked flights no. from, from, from Darwin to, to Queensland, yep. uh, to Cairns. Nothing. Um, we got the border pass mm -hmm. um, and nothing. We went to we, we went to Howard Springs for a night. Um, for a night. Um, we applied. They said, "Oh, you have to apply for uh, an exemption. exemption to um, stay in their facility until your flight to Queensland." That's right. Yeah. So I spent two hours putting together the story that you wrote, that you read, Renee. That's, story, that's the story. And um, and then two hours later, the guy called back and said, "Oh, look." It's probably not worth your while to write an exemption because it's going to take 72 business hours and we all know what those business hours are turned into weeks and months um and um we never heard back and uh yeah it, they were just intimidating us constantly really intimidating us, calling us calling us calling us they didn't want us there they didn't like the fact that we stood up for our rights um yeah it was it was it was, was all so when they were calling you, and obviously because you were staying overnight at the Howard Springs, whatever it's called, when they were calling yeah. you, was that because they were trying to get a hold of you to send you back, most likely to Victoria? Because yeah, now they kept calling us, wanting us to, to. They wanted to know what our details were in terms of our flights back. They wanted us to purchase our own flights back. Yeah. They wanted to know. They, they said, "We know there are flights there available. Um, you need to book it straight away. You're going tomorrow." So you kind of just called their bluff, you smart, smart boys. You called their bluff, didn't pick up their phone call, stayed, and then how? how what happened eventually? Because I know you got permission then eventually to stay for, was it four days in Northern Territory? No, no, no we never did. They sent us back. No. They sent us back, and, and that's what I said to the lady. I was on the phone, and I said, can you stop reading your script to me? Because you've been very condescending. It doesn't go anywhere. And listen. Listen to me in a rusty voice because I was frustrated, and, and and she was like, "Well, I think you guys need to book a flight. What happened if it's not flights?" I was such a confronting. But it is flights. What happened if it's not? Listen. What happened if it's not flights? I was so upset. Now I, I, I didn't care because the, the way they treat us, and then at the, at the end you just I hang up on her. I thought it's not it's not it's no way here. They make a decision already, so get out of here. Organize flights to fly to Melbourne next day. The way, the, the interaction that we have with the staff there, they organized the taxi. The taxi driver told us thousands of stories. He, as soon as he, he, he just went into the taxi, he was laughing, you know, saying, look, they're behind us. They sent us a police escorting us, escorting us to the airport. Mm. He was followed by a police car and then I left us, you know, sort of scoring it until we left the, the, the taxi driver and we went into the hands he was of in the border protection. Full PPE, you know, he had the shield, the mask, Everything unbelievable. You think, my God, in your own country that you feel persecuted and and, and it was awful. Was it the, the most awful feeling that you can experience yeah. in your own home? 
it's like you treat it like a criminal when we've been doing the right thing, you know, just yeah. to be able to, we, we, we thought to call their bluff. We thought, okay, we'll just stay here and not do anything. Mm. But the culmination of being homeless mm. and uh, all everything, you know, all the challenges that we had to get past, yeah. and then this on top, and then having to defend yourself mm. constantly, constantly, it just, I basically got sick. You know, I was, I had the nurse twice, um, you know, because I, I, I was just feeling anxious and couldn't sleep, uh, upset stomach. And it was just, it was just terrible. So I thought enough's enough. We'll book a flight. A friend of ours had booked us some accommodation in Melbourne. We went back to Melbourne. The story that the people in uh, Northern Territory um, said was, you need to book a flight back. Doesn't matter that you don't have a home. They don't care. Book a, book a, a hotel five kilometers from the airport and stay there until the borders open. And another thing that I like to say, that that's important, because during all this process, you interact with many individuals, so many people, you realize, uh, you get the reality, sense of reality of the situation, is the amount of, of um, public servants and people that are in positions, they're incompetent, they're not prepared, and mm. intellectually and professionally to make decisions. And they're giving those, mm. those powers to people, they're not, I'm not questioning, I'm not saying they're good or bad, they're just not, prepare to make those decisions yeah. in those circumstances that we are through. And it's an, it's an emergency because it's, it's about humanity and empathy with, with your equals, the people that are in the country with the same as you. And they're ignoring that because they focus so much in the script because they don't have an intellectual capability to, to be able to deal with a situation like this, but they give them the, the, the responsibility. So this is a big, big issue in the full structure of the government. We have a lot of, we don't see it because we never go through any threats in this country. Everything is so cheesy and, and you know, sugar-coated in all the ways, and it, that's the way it is. But now we're putting in the circumstances that we are now, we don't know how to react. We have no humanity. All those words about, oh, the community, the community that we hear for years, what community? Yeah. You've been lying to us all this time. No yeah. one has the, the real feel. And you find on the way as well, beautiful people too, I must say. Is a lot of people with a lot of empathy and, and, and understanding and willing to help, you know, whatever they can. But on the other hand, the ones that make the decision for us, that's the one they're imposing whatever is being dictated from above. Yeah. No, no you know, no, yeah, no. That, that idea that no, we're all in this together, together, of course. I laugh it. when I see that because I know how my daughter's stuck. She's only 20, first time out of yeah. home, can't get back home. And she yeah. just is like, bamboozled i mean for a young person to try and understand what's happening in their country correct, correct. they can't well a, a young person i can i can i can hear your daughter thinking that's the country they sold me when i was growing up all this comfort and protection and the we unique you know uh, uh, democracy in the world and the beautiful rights and constitutions and freedoms she's breathed that growing up what is enough yeah, and I mean, and everywhere they go and everything they hear is, oh, this is to keep you safe. This is to keep you safe. And you go, really? That, that's not, you know, that's not adding up. And yeah. so when you got back to Melbourne, what happened from there? So you, you got some accommodation. We had accommodation for six days. Yeah. Uh, in Paran. Mm -hmm. um, we had an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> there was an earthquake. So we've had a pandemic, we've had an earthquake, we've had an internet outage, um, we've been locked out, locked in, locked away, gridlocked. Um, what else? Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of bad luck. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so we stayed in we stayed in Melbourne uh, for that period of time, awaiting, and then we we organized with the person who organized the um, the border pass uh, for the twenty third to Cairns. So we kept that. She kept it open for us. So we hopped on a plane on the 23rd yeah. and flew to Cairns. We arrived at 10.30 at night. And uh, that was the 23rd of September. Yeah. Um, we've been here now. This is where we are in Cairns. Um, and we've yeah. been here for 13 days. We are released tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., uh, yeah. 7 a.m. So that's the last bit of experience, feeling like, mm. like understanding the people they enjoy because it feels like that, or people they are in nursing homes, sorry for them too, because they, they schedule on the days based on the food. They send you the breakfast, knock the door, they run, apparently, because when we go to open the door and say, thank you, it's no one there. You can hear from far away, welcome. <laughs> it's like, so surrealistic. You think <laughs> it's like a movie. It's literally like a movie. Like and the crazy, movie. the crazy thing is, you could have stayed in Northern Territory and flown straight yeah. to Cairns. You would have had more chance of catching COVID going back to Victoria. Yes. Waiting for your border yeah. pass to the twenty third. It That's literally. Mate, the, the, the lack of common sense is messing with my head. There's, there's no in it at, yeah. at all. Yeah, but it's precisely, Renee, what you said, because we, we make that comment. We thought that you're sending us to a, in a hotspot area. Yeah. You're sending us to the fire. <laughs> see, <laughs> we're doing all the right things. I'm working from home, mm -hmm. but from a home that I don't have. So you can't work from home. So, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. Like they're, 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 they're putting hoops in front of us saying, jump yeah. through it, and then they're moving the hoops away. That's not fair. No. That's not at all. And the thing is also the, 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 the loops and the gaps because, you know, in Queensland they're doing uh, home quarantine. If you can, you know, contract uh, COVID in Queensland or you're exposing a tier one or whatever, they send you home to do home quarantine. So I have the tools. They have the tools literally because they've been doing it for months. So we can't comprehend why we have a home. Why can't do the quarantine at home? You're already putting it in place. It's already happening. So what are you using the excuse are within the app or we... we we're just looking at the trials in New South Wales, sorry, in South Australia or Victoria. You're doing it now. You're lying. Do you think we're yeah. stupid? And are they trying to say they don't trust us? I'm working from home. We're both fully vaccinated. We're yep. playing by all the rules. What more do we have to do to prove yep. that we're trustworthy? And this is what's so concerning. It's like they keep adding in another rule and we obey it and another rule and we obey it. And then you still, we still don't get our freedoms. That's and that's true. what's so concerning. It's like, well, what else are they going to demand of us? It's and, and rules are no laws. So they, they have no legality behind to impose us. Yeah. They're just, just rules on this uh, emergency health uh, pandemic situation. But they, they're, not, they're not laws. They're not approved of the majority of the other parliamentarians. So you, you can't, that's a dictatorship. Really. Imposing those rules, it is a dictatorship because it hasn't been questioned, referred to the people that represent us to make a decision. So it's illegal. And it's obvious. It's like, I don't know. And, and, and this selfish behavior is, is bad leadership. It actually puts out a bad um, message to citizens that you can behave like this and it's okay. It's okay to be cruel. It's okay to not show compassion. It's okay 
not to be kind, it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people there with us saw comments on different websites in the, in the um, uh, quarantine one, the, the homeless, yeah, outside of Queensland. The comments from citizens from Queensland are saying, why you left? You know, that's your responsibility. If you went to another state, that's your fault. So instead of showing compassion and empathy for the, 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 the colleagues, neighbors, whoever, the other citizens from the same state, regardless of the state, it doesn't matter. You can't, you know, uh, uh, trying to be on the side of the government. These people, they got their home, they got their freedom in their own country. If you cut their freedom because you're trying to protect others, give them an alternative. But the actual people is, is it confronting us, they're creating confrontation in between us. Yeah, it is. And division. And last time I looked at my Australian passport, it said that I had the right to travel freely in and out of my country. But also the Human Rights Act talks about yes. travelling within our country, you know. Yes. And, um, but welcome to Queensland, guys. Um, it's a beautiful place to live. I know. And we're very happy. We haven't lost that. That's one of the, the, the things that we're taking from all this is regardless of all the... the, the, the the situations that we're put through, all the challenges, we win. Yeah. Because we're here yeah. and we at the end, we put in there, we choose. We're going to be in Queensland. And I'm sure it's beautiful people here. It's yeah. a beautiful state. But regardless of that, we need to put out there. Like you said, the human rights, we already, they are reading the other day, uh, I don't remember her name, Yvette, one of the second or third on board of, of um, Anastasia's governor. When the election were happening, the last election, 2019, she was reading the acts to the human rights, and we are reading exactly what they state in the electoral program. They broke all of them, all of them. And no one's holding them to account, and, and I, I don't understand it. I actually did write a complaint to the Human mm -hmm. Rights Commission, and they told me it would take six months for them to even look at it. And I thought, well, surely by then my daughter will be home. <laughs> but um, yeah. So how have you? And how have you found quarantine? You, you've come to an end of it. You're about to be released tomorrow. How have you guys yeah. coped in quarantine? Yeah, it's it's been the food's horrible. To be honest, it's the same sort of uh, special K sort of packets of cereal and a, a fruit cup and a, a Primo juice in the morning, um, and that's the same every day. A salad a sandwich for lunch every day, and then some rice and some something that looks like protein um, with a different sauce on it each day. So yeah, it's kind of, fusion. it doesn't, it sort of looks like food, but it doesn't taste like food. There's, there's no flavor. It's Which very interestingly, you know, we all know that for mental health, one of the things is good nutrition. Yeah, that's hard. That's it. That's we get exactly calls right. constantly from Queensland, uh, compliance calls from Queensland Health um, and from Queensland government. government. And so they're both sort of backing up each other, trying to, and they, they record the conversations and they want to check that your, your mental health is all right. They listen to your stories, but they can't do anything. So it, you really get frustrated having to even speak to them, to be honest. It's like, leave us alone. You've locked us away. We'll be here. We'll do what we have to do. And then you'll see the end of us. That's yeah. it. We're just, yeah. We feel like we're in prison. We've done the right thing. We're actually paying for this. It's costing $5,000 to be here. So I just don't see the sense in it. You know, we, we, we are responsible citizens. We pay our taxes. We've done everything right in this. And we're having to suffer 
just to be able to move and do what they're robbing us. But we they're making money with us because they're costing like $65 a day per person for the food that they're getting. You don't make your own mass. Everyone's probably got a little budget at home. You know how you eat and how much you spend. So it's not rocket science that you see that you're being ripped off. Because to me, a little sachet of, of, of cereal in the morning with a juice and a little bottle of milk, that's for a kid's school pack or something. I don't need that. I have, you know, I'm a grown man. I need some food, you know? Mm -hmm. So giving me that, I, I cost that most, most for both, about $10, yeah? Yeah. Pay for that. Then the lunch will be about $10 again. And then the dinner will cost you maybe, maybe $20. So you're paying double. If we count that, if we order the food separately every day, we'll be eating like kings. So what they're making profit with us? The rooms here, they cost you $140. $140 if you book that room, the one that we are now. But they're charging us $165. Yeah. <laughs> and with the less uh, the service. So instead of reversing and accommodate us and pay for it, part of it, they're making a business with people. That's 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 so wrong. Yeah. Is, is your so, full? Do you think? Is it? Do you it think is. those rooms are full? It is. It is they say it is now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They say there's about three hundred people in here. Yeah. The people at the hotel, the, the reception, and, and and the police, they are lovely. Yeah. They're yeah. really nice people. I yeah. can say. I can only say that they've been so amazing. Thank God that we saw some, some humanity yeah. <laughs> in the people that are looking after us. They've been amazing. In the you rule know, book of uh, COVID, there's no yeah. room for kindness and compassion yeah. in the rule book. Yeah. But when you do speak to people and get through the rule book, you get to the human being. Yeah. So really I kind of feel like the world's gone crazy. I think we're, being, <laughs> we're actually being run by an algorithm gone wrong. I think uh, there, there is no kindness. They just seem to be looking at their ability modeling and all of this other stuff, which is all computer-based. It's like, come on, man, we're human. We are people. Yeah. Treat yeah. us like, see us as people, hear us as people. That's when they, they see the power that we have as people, because the people they're helping us here, yeah, like, you know, this, uh, helping us in reception, the police or whatever, they're proving they're, they're, they're like us. So he, the majority, we good. In essence, we are good in this country. People is nice. People is what really they told us. Mm -hmm. They want to take that away from us with these rules, the few they are about. But we, we need to realize that we got so much power, but that's who we are in essence, and we can fight that. Yeah. Because I'm sure a lot of people is oblivious about what's happening. We know because we're involved into this. But I'm pretty sure that a lot of people in this country will find out that what's happening to us, that can happen to their neighbor, they can happen to their daughter, their sons. Exactly, exactly. And I agree because in, in my circle, no one had a clue that this was going on. And in fact, I didn't. When my daughter first wanted to come back and field in the past, I had no idea. I was like, oh, she's got to wait the 10 days. Well, that was a joke, you know. Yeah. Um, it's been so good talking to you, boys. There's one thing, guys, that I have to warn you about in Cairns. The crocodiles. <laughs> we know, we know. I know. That's the only bad thing because the beaches look amazing and I call it a tease beaches. Because you want to jump in, you're going to get into the water. <laughs> I know, because I remember going up there a couple of years ago. I'm in Brisbane. 
And, um, and I went for a walk and I must have gone on a bit of a mangrove walk. And then I was seeing all these crocodile signs and I was like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> well, we're going to be living up in Karanda. So we're yes. going to be living in the rainforest. Um, it's a beautiful community up there. The people here, we've had friends visiting us down below, bringing us food, groceries. We've had neighbors in Karanda sending us care packages hearing about our story. So yeah, we feel really well welcomed. Yeah, really, really amazing. Which is amazing. Nice. amazing. Guys, thank you. This is what we say, back towards the people. It's like, you know, the reality. And we need to fight for that. No one can take it away. We do, we do. We have to fight for that Australian spirit and not let them divide yeah. us. That's so important. That's, That's right, I agree. And I think um, I think one of the things with throughout all of this, um, that kept us going was to embrace change, mm. to embrace change. Cause they want to keep things the same, do this lockdown, do that. You can push yourself and, and embrace that change and move forward and move forward. Mm. And the more change you, cause it's, it's reality is change. It changes all the time. So if you just see it as being that, then that's what your daily lived experience is. And then you can breathe again. Yeah. Guys, well, it's, been <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you both, yeah, um, yeah, Gary and Pedro. So thank you, thank you for joining me.